though. If you talk to your doctor about it, and I feel like some hygienists are a little bit timid to do that, but I think too, like productivity-wise, like the doctors are, you know, they are running a business. They have to think about their bottom line. But um, I feel like the more trust you build with your patients, regardless of what type they are, whether they need an hour and 15 minutes or 45 minutes, if you give them that, they are gonna be way more compliant as to what you say that they need because they're gonna trust you. Welcome to Dental Hygiene Development. We invite you to listen along as we discuss everything dental hygiene from personal and professional development. My name's Autumn. And I'm Paige. And we're just two best friends discussing what we love to do. Grab your favorite Diet Coke, Diet Dr. Pepper, maybe a glass of wine, and join us as we discuss anything dental hygiene. Hey guys, Autumn and Paige here, and we are coming back to you with our podcast episode number 12. 12. I know, I can't The last one, we couldn't even remember what we, we were at, so, so we, we had to look it up. It up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one is actually all about truly connecting with your patients in the dental chair, and mm-hmm. we are going to tie in all the good things we have been talking about, your Enneagrams, your temperaments. We hope that by this point, you've dove into it, and you have personally grown into your own temperament and Enneagram Mm -hmm. and now we're going to take that a step further in how you can use that in your patient chair. Yeah but with that being said if you haven't listened to the last couple podcasts I would highly suggest going back and listening to them Um, not just so you can you know great insight into you know knowledge what we're talking about into these couples because we are going to reference it right but also because we you we talked about it because we truly believe that those things are going to help you become a better professional and a better patient educator and help you to truly connect with your patients so I would say go back listen to those and then come back and listen to this one um, and make sure you subscribe That's so right. you don't miss these things. That's right. It'll let you know. Hey, yeah. awesome autumn and Paige have got another really cool topic. I missed one. Yeah, we don't want to need you missing any. You don't want to miss any. Yeah. But, I mean, you might find yourself asking, like, how does this stuff apply to work? Like, you know, we're talking about feelings and how we react and all these different things. Mm-hmm. But when you start to identify it in your patients, you see them every six months some of those you see every three or four months and you can start to learn their personalities and you'll notice some people like to know facts and you can just be straight up with them straight up get to the point don't hem haul around it other people need more gentle approach and they need maybe a different communication style and I feel like as providers it is our responsibility to identify that in people so that we can effectively communicate what they need so that they hear us and they can take that in and they will do what is best and recommended for their health you know that's the whole point is we're there to keep them healthy and um, help them know that we are trustworthy and I think that builds trust when you are communicating in their language Um, yeah I would say I always tell people when they ask how about dental hygiene I always say people always talk to you about how physically demanding dental hygiene is because it is demanding on your back and your wrist and your body your body is it's a lot yeah but to me I would say it's more mentally and emotionally demanding yeah because every patient is so different every patient and if you want to be a good dental hygienist then you truly have to cater every appointment to how that other person is working so you can't talk to everybody the same way you can't educate everybody the same way Mm -hmm. and so if you're truly doing a great job connecting with your patients it's going to be pretty mentally and emotionally demanding but there will be an added bonus for you personally I just thought of this too is once you start identifying these people like you'll know the person who straight up matter of fact 
they don't want to ask all these questions, whatever, and they want to be in and out. Mm -hmm. So you may schedule their appointment for, you know, 45 minutes, whereas you have the person who, like, needs all the details, like, they need information, they're going to ask you 100 questions, which is their right to do, and they appreciate when you take the time to listen. So you may need to stretch them out for an hour and 15 minutes. And then once you get to know those people, your day is going to be better because you have identified those people where they are in your schedule and Mm -hmm. you can accommodate that so absolutely it's helpful in a lot of ways like just listening and empathizing and learning your patients yep i didn't even that was a good point because i didn't even think about how it's going to help your day-to-day run your specific schedules but you're right because there are patients that i know that are going to talk to me longer they've been in they come in just to see me because they want to catch up and they want to spend that time and there's patients who are trying to get to work and they come right in the first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. and they're just like I need to be in and out or I have kids that got to get to the school bus you know like all those things and if you know those then you can run your day accordingly and it makes your day you get less stressed out because Mm -hmm. you scheduled your day the right way yep and then that trickles into like you're happy and your patients are going to pick up on your vibe and they're going to be happier. And so I think it's just all around, you know, makes for positivity. Good thinking, Paige. I like that one. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) I would need all the doctors. I know. If you talk to your doctor about it, and I feel like some hygienists are a little bit timid to do that, Mm -hmm. but I think too, like, productivity-wise, like the doctors are, you know, they are running a business. They have to think about the bottom line. But um, I feel like, the more trust you build with your patients, regardless of what type they are, whether they need an hour and 15 minutes or 45 minutes, if you give them that, they are going to be way more compliant as to what you say that they need because they're going to trust you. So in the long run, yes, you might be getting asking for 15 extra minutes for their appointment, but they're going to come back and do those things that they need to do because you're communicating them with, with them effectively. They trust you and they're going to see the value in coming back and doing their treatment or whatever it is that they may need or want. So yes, in the moment, you know, a lot of doctors have a hard time seeing the value in like longer appointments. But I think is if you as a hygienist sit down, really think this out and give them strategic reasons of why it's important and what you're going to be doing with that extra time. Um, Doctors are really open to that. You Mm -hmm. know, if you tell them like, this is the bottom line, it's in in the long run, it's going to help the bottom line. And, um, I think you have to be personally responsible and do what you're saying you're doing with your extra Absolutely. time. Not just like twiddle Don't around take advantage. and yes. like take a break, go to the bathroom while your patient's sitting in the chair right. or like on your phone. Grab a snack. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, not how you work it but out. But I think if you go in there prepared with good reasons and you talk with your doctor, most doctors, most doctors mm-hmm. will be open-minded with you about it. And I think, too, when you vocalize that, like if that is one of your needs where you're like, I do need more time and you feel stressed out, um, I think it's a good thing to vocalize, too, because you'll be surprised, pleasantly surprised when you go in with a good plan um, as to why you need that. Um, Most doctors will accommodate that. They're they're on board because they want patients, ultimately patients, to be happy. They want them to come back. They want them to come back. So, Isn't that the whole goal? We want our patients to come back. Absolutely. It should be. Yeah, <laughs> it should be. Yeah, but I think how do we get to knowing where, what our patients, and you know, innate needs are? How do we get to know, you know, do they need just the facts? Do they do they need us to talk a little bit more to them? Are they extroverted or introverted? How are we going to know if we don't listen? Yep, that's the you first thing to. you have to do. Listen, listen, listen. And a lot of times they're going to tell you what they want. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I am a big advocate now because I'm not naturally this way, but mm-hmm. like 
just ask. Like, there are certain things you can ask that will tell you a lot of information. Mm -hmm. So don't hesitate to ask. I mean, even tell somebody, like, you know, our intention's here. You know, it's a new patient visit. Just say, like, you know, it's our intention to, like, make you happy and, like, customize this experience for you. Like, do you prefer to have, you know... Um, a lot of factual information? Do you love the science behind how all this works? Or do you just kind of want to know, like, you know, what you need to matter of fact and go? Like, what do you prefer? Because we want you to be happy. I think a patient would be stunned if someone took us actually a couple of minutes to ask, like, what do we need to do to make you comfortable and make this an enjoyable experience for you? And a lot of times they're telling you just by your their body language body when language. you when you walk into the room. Absolutely. Um, that's the first thing you notice. Um, yeah. I would say in our practice, we see new patients separately um, in a separate column. So they don't just, they see me and the doctor. Yeah. Um, so we do a, com- a true comprehensive exam and we can get, it's very important that we do comprehensive exam. And that's going to come up in a whole nother podcast is comprehensive treatment planning because I'm yeah. very passionate about comprehensive care. But you can't comprehensive, comprehensively ch- treatment a patient if, if their main concern is never identified. Right. So you have to listen to your patient. Yes. So we always say in the office, before they come and get me to compare to our patient, yes, I'm going to do the same thing to every single patient. I come to a new patient exam. We're going to pair you chart them comprehensively. We're going to talk about those kind of things. We're talking about oral cancer screening. But how I approach it is going to be very different because if a person's in pain and I come in and I start talking to them about their periodontal disease and I never even thought like, hey, I understand you're in pain. Like your lower left pain has been hurting so bad that you can't sleep at night. Yep. Like if I don't address that first and let them know that we truly care about what they're trying to tell us they need. Just as simple They're as They're not like, going to give a crap about everything else that I'm talking right. about. You can just say simply, like, they told me you're in a lot of pain. Like, let's see what we can do today to get you out of pain. You know? Yeah. Like, like, we can still treatment plan that patient comprehensively, and we yeah. can still do the same thing. But just letting a patient know that you care. I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> like, I was listening. I promised that we listened, and we're going to address your pain. Like, that is super important. And I think that's the first step is you can't identify agree. anything if you don't listen. Yep. Yeah, and that kind of brings us into empathizing. Like, you can hear the information, but you also have to empathize and say, like, I heard what you said. You're in pain. Like, I don't want to be in pain. Mm -mm. And, you know, act like not just a robot, you know, clinician. Like, be like a real person and just say, like, I'm so sorry that hurts. Like, acknowledge it, you know. And um, I think those are, like, a really powerful combination when it comes to people because, I mean, ultimately that's what we all want. Like, Yeah, I think another one, this is one that I have a hard time empathizing with, but I have to um, get a get a better hold of it because because I am such a comprehensive treatment planning yeah. clinician, um, to me, we don't start building on a smile and getting their smile to where they want it to be or focusing on those front teeth and getting them white and pretty Yeah. if we're not focusing on the disease that's hiding underneath, right? right? Like, to me, like, I'm like, why do these people even care? Like, their teeth are about to fall their head. Why do they care what it looks like? But if you sit back and truly listen to them and they say, hey, I'm here because n- number eight is loose, like, this tooth is loose, and I'm supposed to be in a wedding this weekend where they're going to take a bunch of pictures, I really only care about getting this tooth fixed. And you're thinking in your head as a patient, you're like, you only care about that? Like, really, the rest of your teeth is about the same way as number eight. Like, how are you only thinking about that? But 
I have to step back and think and empathize with that patient. What if that was me? Like, what if I was worried about having my picture taken this weekend? Yeah. Because I was in a wedding or, you know, my son was getting married. You know, all those things that patients, a special event that come up. Like, you can treat those things and empathize with those patients, but still comprehensively treat them and let them know what's going on. But say, hey, I I understand. Like, I get it. And come back to that later. Yeah. Um, Very quickly later. But, you know, like, let's get you to what what you need when they realize that you empathize with them. Right. What's going on instead of judging them. And ultimately, as a clinician or provider, sometimes we think, like, we know best and what we do. So... Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Yeah. But it's like when you kind of come across that way to a patient, it's like they aren't going to hear what you're saying. So even though you can use that experience of like, okay, we're going to create this moment of like where they're going to go enjoy this event and be happy about their smile and confident. And like just those emotions that you help them achieve mm-hmm. is going to help them be like, hey, maybe I should get this other stuff fixed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, well, this is going to be painful and we want to avoid you being in pain in the future or, you know, having another emergency situation like this where you have an event coming up. So why don't we start working on these things next? Like you can roll into that comprehensive care from those things. But yeah. um, it's just important, like you said, to listen and address what they want, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though you know as a clinician, there's some other things we got to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it like not just seeing those new patients, but our recall patients that come back. I try my best to not be the hygienist that that preaches. Yeah. Or judge judges people for not flossing. You know. Yeah. And you, I always ask them like, how many times a day are you brushing? Are you flossing? And we don't even have to really, yeah. you know, good well. We don't have to ask to yeah. know if they're flossing or right. not yeah. or what they're doing. But you ask those questions. And if they tell me, they say they tell me they're not flossing or they tell me they're a smoker, like, I'm not here to judge you. Right. Like, that is not no. my intention. And if you judge them and you preach to them, my my experience is if we preach at patients, they are, do not care. Ears off. Yeah, they're not like, listening. I've heard that before. Don't like you. Going of course. <laughs> exactly. How many times are they going to tell me? I watch a commercial and they tell me you're supposed to brush twice a day. Right. You know, like, these are things I already know. But you have to empathize with them. Like, find out the reason. Like, some patients will be like, you know, I've had a really, you know, no, I haven't been flossing. I haven't had much time for myself. And just start pouring their heart out to you and tell mm-hmm. you, why you're like well I wouldn't have been flossing either exactly <laughs> like there's a probably a yep. reason behind it I mean some of them might just tell you they're straight up lazy and they yeah. don't want to they and, do they yeah. tell you. but there might be a true reason behind it yeah. and so we have to take the time to listen to our patients yeah. to empathize with them and not to judge them or preach to them but really yeah. try to educate them and you know do our best to be comprehensive, but also just be empathetic to yeah. them. Well, I have two things that I do on this. So one is I always ask a patient, like, hey, how you doing? How's it going? I'm like, how are you doing with your home care? I always use a broad term, and I say, how are you doing your home care? And they always say, oh, I'm doing great. And then I'll break it down. I'll be like, so you're brushing, and you're flossing, and you're rinsing? And then they always pause, and they're like, well, I'm not flossing <laughs> or rinsing, but I'm brushing. And then we always have, like, a good laugh because it's like they've just said, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. And then they, like, catch themselves and like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm not. So we always chuckle, and it kind of starts things off lightly, and I've, I've always found that fun. Like, yeah. you know, and I'll just say something like, well, we all have those times. I'm like, I went through such and such. I'll share the time. I wasn't doing good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. 
but you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I had a kid the other day that had braces on. He literally ate like cheese puffs before he came in. They were everywhere. And like, you know, that can be embarrassing. He was like, I just ate them before I came in. Like I brush, you know, you could tell he was like a little self-conscious about it. And I was like, look, buddy, I was like, cheese puffs are my absolute favorite chip. I'm like, my whole life I have loved those. I'm a cheese puff and chocolate milk kind of girl. I said, so don't feel bad. I love those too. But I was like, but while you're in your braces, I was like, it's going to be hard to clean all that out of there. So I would wait till after you're out of your braces. So that way, you know, it doesn't cause any damage or whatever. So I just relate to them of like, heck yeah, I love those too. And you can eat them, but now mm-hmm. it's not the appropriate time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think being lighthearted and like coming across as a human, a person, you know, and like relating to people, I think they appreciate that because they're, they're nervous and, you know, they are fearing judgment and that kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, especially think, if it's been a long time since they've yes, been to the dentist. Absolutely. Yeah. So then they're already they're already self conscious before they yes. even walk in. I feel like it's my goal to like make people like laugh at least at one point in their appointment, like mm-hmm. get them laughing or giggling, and like sometimes I say like silly Stupid stuff about myself. Just, yeah. yeah, like I make myself vulnerable so that they can feel like vulnerable in themselves and opening up. So um, yes, it's really important. Yeah, yeah, um, and. I always try to make sure, like, especially those new patients where I, where we're going to comprehensively treat them, um, that if I have something important that I need to tell them, which is most all the time if it's a new patient, right? Like, we, it's important to tell them where they are in their health. But say they're not healthy. Like, they have gingivitis, or especially if they have gum disease. That's a lot of information to take in. And some of those people are very emotional. Like, they've had a lot of stuff. They were already just, you know, stressed about coming in. Yep. They, they were already feeling self-conscious about themselves. Um, the, I, it, it's hard to connect to somebody if you're laying flat in a chair. Yes. If, like, I'm sitting over you and you're laying there vulnerable with your mouth open. This is a very, I mean, someone sitting yeah. over you is a very vulnerable state right. in general. Like, they're that close to you and yeah. that, that's very vulnerable. So anytime that I need to talk to them about something important or I need to let them know what's going on in their mouth, um, I always sit them up. Because, like, I don't want to try to talk to you down here and you're going to feel like I'm over you. Like, that's not Mm -hmm. the kind of relationship that we need to have. We need to have a relationship that we're face-to-face. So if I sit you up and I – we used to take our mask off, but now we we wear a mask. I used to – like, I used to get down to, like, what I was looking like with them. Yeah. Um, But now I keep my mask on. But we're sitting face-to-face. And I just sit – I don't stand above them. I sit next to them and we talk about it. I love that because it's like a conversation. It's a conversation, and you don't feel overwhelmed with someone standing like like in control of you. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And especially for a person who likes to be in control, I can only imagine if someone's over me. Yeah. And I don't feel in control at all. That's already mm-hmm. a stressful situation for me. Yeah. So letting someone just feel like we're having a conversation, like you and me are sitting here, and I'm just letting you know what's going on and why this is so important. I love. I this. feel like it's already gonna let their tension fall. Absolutely. I I think so, too. And you're probably doing that towards the end of the appointment. And a lot of people have anxiety about the actual, like, physical part of their cleanings. Like, is it going to be painful? Is it going to be hurtful? They're dealing with all of that stuff. So it also makes it hard to listen. So when it's over and they kind of have, like, a sigh of relief, Mm -hmm. like, then they're going to be more open to talking as well. So I think that is 
really good. Yeah. Good stuff, you guys. <laughs> and I also, this is kind of, I think this might be a little controversial because, yeah. one, COVID times. We don't, sh- I don't shake hands with people anymore and I walk in. I introduce myself to them if they've yes. never met me before. Um, but when I leave, especially if I've had a hard conversation with them and they're stressed out, they have periodontal disease, they think they might be losing some teeth, they got all this stuff going on, they're in pain. And in their head, I've just told them all this stuff, and a doctor's coming in, and they're going to talk more stuff, and they're already, like, abnormal. I like to, like, reach out. I always, like, touch them on their shoulder, their shoulder, and I say, don't worry. We're going to take care of it. You're in the right place. Right. And so, you know, just reassuring them. And some people might not like touch, they might not like you touching them. I feel like in the South, it's a little bit different. Like, you can call somebody honey and... You yeah. know, like all kinds of stuff in the South. It's and they enduring, just think it's, but other places it's, it's insulting. It might be insulting other places, but here it's a little different. Like mm-hmm. just reaching out, touching someone on the shoulder, being human to human, and yeah. letting them, like just reassuring someone and say, it's going to be okay. You're right. in the right place. I always say there's nothing that we can't take care of. Yeah. We are going to take care of it. It's gold, folks. And it's just literally, I'm like, look, you're, you're teaching me some good stuff today. I love it. Um, and it's just straight it's up just words. being compassionate. Yeah, and being genuinely compassionate. And that's what people need to hear, I think, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, yes, this is a lot and it's overwhelming, but don't worry, we're here together. Like, we're going to go through this. So, yeah, I think that's Because really I think important. when I'm thinking back to, like, the temperaments, like, the name of it was, I said this, you heard that. So, what we just said to you is that you have periodontal disease. It's important to us that we take care of it because it can cause other systemic issues. And to me, it's important to me that one, yes, you keep your teeth, but two, that, you know, that we're taking care of you overall. Right. They just heard, oh my God, my Cha-ching. teeth are so bad. She just wants to take all my money, but I don't <laughs> want to do that. This is going to be horrifying. And they think all the other stuff. So they're not hearing any of those things. So yep. this is where finding their temperament and hearing what, what they need to hear Yep. It's going to be hard to do on the first appointment, yeah. for sure. But the more you build a relationship with them and just being that open and honest yeah. self, you're going to have better results from that. I even love sometimes, which I know it's hard because of time restraint sometimes, but even a follow-up call for hard patients like that, that you know we're like emotionally overwhelmed. Like yeah. You can identify those people, and that's where it's like truly connecting with each patient. There's some patients who would love this, some people who would hate it, but like, you can identify those people. Again. Right, yeah. and just say like, hey, I know it was a lot of information information and I didn't want you to feel overwhelmed or that we were just kind of leaving you hanging so I wanted to call you know check in see how you're feeling about things you know do you have any questions for me that kind of thing um you know sometimes that can go a long ways but again catering to each patient if you feel like that would be good for them do it Mm -hmm. you know if they're not that patient like you know and you have good intuition usually with your patients you can tell then don't do it if it's not going to be a positive thing for them but I think majority of the time it goes a long way so yeah and it and it can also not just be the patient that you told a lot to but it can be an after an srp that was a hard appointment yeah you know and some people left and it was a lot like they maybe we did all four quads in one appointment and they're just like wow you know and you 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 can see in their face when they leave and you're telling them it's going to be okay like right you can eat what you want you can drink what you want when you leave here it's going to be super easy it's not going to hurt as bad as you think don't watch the internet like all these (laughs) things but you can tell in their mind they're already thinking like this is going to hurt so bad the anesthesia off it's going to hurt so bad so if you just call the next day and be like how are you doing yeah how's your pain level you doing all right like 
Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions that yeah. you didn't think of when their mind was racing in the chair yeah. that day when you asked them? Yeah. And a lot of the times, I've done this at the doctor. You go, you have all these questions, you ask, and like your nerves and anxiety, like you hear them, but then you forget. Like when you're home, you're like, oh man, I don't remember what they said. So it's good to always follow up and like check in and say like, hey, you know, just to remind you, these are things you can do to help with your comfort and the healing process. I know we talked about it, but I know sometimes it's hard to remember. Whatever. Sometimes you send them home with a sheet. Do people read those? I usually don't. I don't either. <laughs> you know, because it seems overwhelming. You're like, I'm not reading this three-page document. They might ask. But some people might. So it's always good to do it, and then those who need it will use it, and those who don't, don't. But, mm-hmm. um, but like we were saying, you know, communicating with your patient, identifying what you think would be good for their needs. So, yeah. And once you identify them and you've kind of had an appointment with them, um, one of the best things in general for hygiene, healthcare, we should always document everything, right? Yes. Documentation is our best friend. Yes. And it is important from a legal aspect from yeah. us, and it's important from patient to patient. But it's really important between patient to patient because mm-hmm. what happens if I wasn't there that day or I'm not there the next time they come in? And the other hygienist comes in, and they were like, well, you know, the last time I was here, Autumn put, you know, some some gel on my teeth. You know, like, to make my gums comfortable. Right. And you didn't know. Like, we well, need to use your notes, people. There, yes. You don't even have to use your, uh, you know, your clinical notes. There's, I know in our system, I'm pretty sure in all of them, there's just like a note system where mm-hmm. you, like, if you call and confirm a patient that you can leave a note and you can just talk about different things. Like a patient was anxious yeah. about this patient had this coming up. Like there was going to be a special yeah. event, like they're getting married or anything, like anything yeah. to really connect with your patient. When they come back, yeah. they're going to, if you connect with them, they're going to continue to open up. I know in Eagle soft, there's like a memo section where mm-hmm. it doesn't go in their personal notes. So if they ever were to request them, this stuff would not show up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually prints out anything you put in the memos under on their router so like if you're printing out routers for the day um all of those memos that you have made will be on there so it can be you know talk about this next time you know patient had this coming up like anything you really need pre-med you know this patient because mm-hmm. you know things you might forget mm-hmm. um but it would be right there on the router so that's kind of like what you're saying i'm not sure about some of the other computer systems where it's located but yeah. i would bet money it's somewhere in all of them yeah yeah, yeah you should definitely use them like yeah document use it for your notes and yeah. the more you identify a patient if you can write something specific to what they're doing I'm like the next i time, think they are temperament yellow <laughs> <laughs> like that'll T- work if you do it in your office yeah. and everybody knows what we'll that means like ty temperament yellow <laughs> yeah and you're gonna learn Codes. those things every time because yeah. even if you don't know that the first time i'm sure most of the time you're uh-huh. gonna know a temperament yellow when they come in if they're uh-huh. patients even if you haven't met them they're gonna make sure you know them before they leave but i would say that if it takes a little while to figure it out the more one notes you document but every time you come in if you talk to them like you remember what happened last time they're going to open up more and as they open up more you're going to learn more stuff yeah. about them that's going to help you better treat them and have right. a better relationship with them yeah and I have a lot of patients I train hygienists and I have a, um I remember I was training a hygienist she'd only been there a very very short amount of time and a patient came in and I was um perio charting them and I didn't even have to say anything. I was periocharting, and that patient was like, oh, my gosh, there was a five there. Like, it was a perimaintenance. They are like, oh, no, it was a five or a six. They are like, we need some of that antibiotic. Like, they knew, and I remember that we, we were like, yeah. So we talked about it, and the patient left, and the hygienist was like, how did you do that? And I was like, how did you do what? And she's like, how did you get that patient to accept that treatment without, like, 
even really talking to him about it. I was like, because it started from day one. Right. Like, I, edu- I educate my patients from day one, and they feel comfortable with me. Right. So they trust me. And that's what it comes down to. We should all have a relationship with our patients. They trust us at the end of the day mm-hmm. to know that we're doing everything in their best interest. Yep, absolutely. And they don't have to second guess what we're doing. Yep. Of course, we're going to have patients who want to know all the scientific data no matter what. But they should really just trust you at the end of the day to know that you have their best interest at heart and that you're going to do the best thing that you can for their oral health. Um, and you don't have to worry about it. But it all starts with just making a relationship with them. Right. Absolutely. And, I I mean, I really feel like there's some really good – we were good. We were on it today. Yeah. We did good. Yeah. We're, we're getting on this fist bumps. But, yes, <laughs> I think it's super important – all of this breaks down to, you know, paying attention to each person that's in your chair. And sometimes that can be hard because you're just at a fast pace in your day. But even if you have to take a deep breath and say, like, okay, here we go. We're going into a new situation. A new person likes to clean the slate and, like, go into it, you know, thinking about them. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to get your mind right. But I encourage you to do that when you're trying to connect with your patients. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. Well, I feel like we had a lot of, like, good small things in there that people could take away from. But we're going to come back at our next, like, May 1 one, even more, like, good tips to how to connect with our patients and how to educate them. So we're getting into getting all this, like, actual patient stuff. So it's going to be more, like, creative ideas. Um of how Paige to connect take, to your patients. And she's going to take the lead on this one. And silly, but yeah, yes. it's just other ways to communicate. So it's going to be good. Come back, subscribe, and it'll notify you when we have new things come out so that you know it's available. Um, follow us Facebook, YouTube, all the things. Of course, all of your love and support helps us to continue to grow hygienists and to make dental experiences better for everybody around the world. Yep. And um, so that is our goal, just to create more positivity and growth. So if you can support us by sharing, you know, the podcast or videos or things that you love we that we it. do, we really appreciate it. And um, we look forward to doing a lot more in the future for you guys. Yep, absolutely. We'll All see right. you back next month. See you next time. Bye. Bye.